Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2022. Welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I am H. Allen Scott, a.k.a. Sadie Pines. That's very important. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And we're jumping for joy like a virgin at a prison rodeo because we are watching and breaking down all 24 episodes of The Golden Palace. Round of applause. Round of applause. Which, of course, is The Golden Girls spinoff starring Betty White. Rue McClanahan and Estelle Giddy as they get into tons of adventures while running a hotel in Miami. I mean, what could go wrong? (laughs) Now, if you're in the U.S., you can watch all of these episodes on Hulu. They just recently came out on Hulu, so that's very exciting. If you're not in the U.S., because I know we have lots of fans all across the world, maybe you can, like, find it on YouTube or, like, I mean, I'm not advocating the illegal upload of the Golden Palace, but, you know, use the Internet and search for it. It, 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 I trust you. You will find it. Or you know what? You can always just call a friend in the States and like make them jump on a Zoom and aim their camera at the TV or Google or whatever it is. Blue jeans. Just like figure out a way to make it happen. We believe in you. You will figure out a way. Yeah. Um, So. As you all know, we actually covered the Golden Palace on a few episodes of Out on the Lanai back in April of 2019 when you could only watch them on YouTube. So it was that long ago? Isn't it was that, that long ago. It was 11,000 years ago. It feels like it. It does. So today we are re-releasing one of those episodes, which is our breakdown of the pilot episode of the Golden Palace and how the show really came to be. Now, a few things that we should mention before getting into the episode. One, this was obviously recorded before Betty White passed away. R.I.P. Our animal loving queen. Um, (laughs) So we do refer to her in the present tense. You know, it rips us apart a little bit, but like that was it a is time. kind of a nice little nugget of a memory. It is. It's a nice nugget of a memory. Not only memory. In, in a world where Betty was obviously still alive, but also pre-COVID, pre a lot of things. I mean, we were. It, it was a different world. It was a different world. That's not the show we're covering, but we'll talk about maybe doing a different world one of these days. Oh, yeah. um, two, <laughs> you guys all stick around to the end of the episode because we have brand new golden takeaways. This so is very exciting. Yes. So you want, you're going to want to stick around for those because they're amazing. Mm -hmm. Now, the last thing I want to mention is that in re-listening to this episode of our coverage of the pilot of the Golden Palace, I realized we were a little sour on the Golden Palace back then. And I, I I mean, not rightfully, we were not, it was not a good, it wasn't a good call on our end. I think we were just bitter about the podcast ending. I think, I I think it was a couple things. I think one it's, you know, no B. Arthur is a really hard pill to swallow, yeah. um, you know, and and I think you and I also we saw the we, we were like, why are these women opening a hotel? They should be like relaxing and enjoying their lives. But really, they were just trying to fill a void because of Dorothy's absence in their lives. And now I can really respect that. Now, H. Allen, I'm sure you'll agree with me. Don't get me wrong. There are still going to be some things that we shit on here and there. Yeah. We've watched a couple episodes. I have notes. I have thoughts. But (laughs) 
overall, I'm hoping that our tone this time around is like a little bit more positive. I don't want to say it was totally negative. Last I don't think time. it was totally negative. It was. I mean, let's be frank here and you can be Susie. No, let's be. <laughs> I'll be frank there. It's not the Golden Girls. It's just not. There was a lot of the same writers, of course, and there was a lot of carryover from the Golden Girls. But the fact is. you lose something when you lose all four of them in that house that when you take them out of that house around that kitchen table, eating cheesecake, you can't replace it with Cheech Marin in a robe. You just can't, you can't replace Dorothy with Cheech Marin in a robe. It's just not possible. So I think you're always, and and even the comments on our Instagram with people messaging us about the golden palace, they're like, I can't bring myself to watch it. Now I like you, I mean, we, we, we're obviously doing this rewatch and today we're recording this on Betty White's 100th birthday, January mm-hmm. 17th. And we both watched the first and the second episode today, but we're not watching any others. We're actually watching it with fresh eyes right now in the new post Betty world, if you will. And I will say, just like what my boyfriend, Michael was saying too, the girls writing and the girls are funny. That is funny. They are mm-hmm. very funny. And Hilarious. I found myself laughing out loud literally many times. But there are moments where Don Cheadle or the little boy or Cheech Marin talk. And I'm like, why are you here? Go away. Go find Dorothy. I don't care about you. Although I do love both of them still. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, of course. Don Cheadle and Cheech Marin. Look, they're they're doing the Lord's work. They're doing the best they can. Mm-hmm. They're being added to an ensemble of three women who we have grown to love over eight seasons. And yeah. everybody, they know that these women are the show. This is who we came to see. This is who we bought the ticket for. Although Don and- Cheadle, young Don Cheadle is a bit of a snack. I mean, <laughs> I keep watching Don Cheadle and I'm like, yes, be my foster parent. He's incredibly attractive. Ground me. And I'm in I'm in trouble. <laughs> Dear Lord. Um, oh, it's already starting. We're it's back. Already starting. <laughs> We're back. Um, so very quickly, um, before we dive into our re-release of the episode, how are you? What's happening? What's new? You're talking to me or the fans? No, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I know I'm looking at my microphone and not you on our Zoom. Oh, God, it's so Very quickly, funny. before I want to hear how you're doing, I just want everyone to get a picture of what's going on with me right now. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yes. I am sitting in a closet surrounded by all of my, like, pre-baby clothes that I haven't even worn since, yeah. like, pre-pandemic and i'm sitting because they all have buttons right you just not everything has to be stretched now for me at least everything is yes i don't want a button i don't want a zipper no i don't want to have to fiddle with anything unless the zipper's on a hoodie i'm not wearing it i don't even want to wear zippers on hoodies anymore because (laughs) i don't want my baby to crush her face on them or scratch her face but i'm so i finally Finally, the way that it took me like years to to really bite the bullet and get Hulu without commercials. Thank I you. I finally invested in a better microphone. Oh. But now I'm sitting in a very small closet. Yeah. I'm propped up. I'm sitting on. I think in the next few episodes, we're going to move you out of that. Closet we're going to move me out of the closet. Frankly, I've been out of the closet for years. And so <laughs> should you. It's so should I. <laughs> I'm sitting on like 
not even a blow up. It's like a fold out mattress that I oh. got for baby Aurora's bedroom. And you have for back when she issues. I do my back. It's already hurting. I'm exercising oh. every muscle in my, and also my laptop, the, the connection to the microphone is funky. So I can't move. And I, I can't, can't go there <laughs> and just like fix it for you. That's all I want to do is just make this perfect for you. Like, I feel a little bit like I'm in the beginning of like a Brie Larson drama. <laughs> she just wakes <laughs> Maybe up. Maybe you'll in, win an Oscar too. In Who a knows? room and like, can't really move. But you sound well. great. And the, the, the smoke and mirrors, they don't need, they don't need to see the struggles that we go through just to put this out into the world for the golden girls community. And we do it. We, we suffer through pain like graciously because we are here for all of you. And I personally am just so excited that we're back for this, like for this just sort of rewatch 24 episodes. That's actually a long time. That's going to be a big part of 2022. Like golden girls is back in full swing. And I feel like it is the perfect time for us to be doing this rewatch. Don't you think? Oh, I could not be more excited. And, and honestly, like you said, everything, this is sort of like the post Betty world. Yeah. It's, just seeing, because again, I haven't seen these episodes in a really long time and we're watching them fresh as we're recording the episodes and just like, a lot being of them able we probably see, have never seen. We I know. Were, we were talking I, about that. I, I yeah, I, I'm not even hundred percent sure I've seen all of them. So just like getting new Betty content and getting yeah. to see Rose, because obviously we know every single line to every golden girls episode. So now to see Rose and hear new jokes for the first time, it's yeah. just it's really nice. It's and really I, nice. and I've, and I miss her and we all miss her and we miss all of the women, we miss but... all of them. And they're, but they're all together now. If, if you, yeah. if you believe in such things that I believe in such things, and I think they are all together now. And, and I think it's a, it's, I don't know, rewatching it. It just felt really nice. It just felt really. And even though like the, the, the audio you're about to hear in our rewatch from 2019, we might've been a bit of a bitter Betty, but like, I think you should a recognize the time in which we recorded it, which was very much. We were coming to the end of the podcast and we were doing everything we could to extend it because we didn't want it to end. So I think there was a bit of that involved in our rewatch. And also it, it, it was a different show then because Betty was here. And now that Betty's gone, it's like, we need this. We need this. And sure we can go back and watch the golden girls. And we do every single day, but the golden palace is just sort of like a nice little, like, thank you card in a way. And it may, maybe it's not as great as the golden girls, but it's, it's, it's definitely enjoyable. And I think, like I was saying right now, I think is the perfect time because with Betty's passing, but also with all of the great things that are happening in the golden girls universe, if you will. Um, and like, for example, the golden girls convention that is coming up in Chicago. And even though you might be listening to this in the future and it's gone in the past, but that is coming up in the future, which is really exciting. And there's just a lot of Golden Girls things happening in the world that people seem to be very eager and excited to share Golden Girls stuff. So we're happy to be back to be a part of that conversation. This does kind of feel like the perfect time to be releasing the Golden Palace. It was a perfect time for Hulu to release it. And now it's mm -hmm. the perfect time for us to break down all the episodes yeah. and because we I were hesitant like... during the run of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We were, I mean, I, you probably heard me say it a bunch too. I'm not going to do that because what's the point? Like, why would we do something that isn't as good as the Golden Girls? But now we just need it. We need it. Yeah, we really we need, just need it. it, which is 
Uh, but we're here. We're doing it. And uh, things are really good. How are you doing, though, in your life? Let's do a little quick recap before we d- jump back into that episode. Oh, I mean, I think I told you I'm currently sitting in a closet well, and my the, back hurts. Outside the closet. Your life is amazing. <laughs> you have a beautiful baby, beautiful husband, beautiful wife. Yeah, everything's going well. I can't complain. My yeah, baby Oreo is um she's been saying mama 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 for like for like well over a month. Are you maybe going to like put her into a talent show that she does not want to be a part of? <laughs> maybe. Or rather, will can I put her into a talent show that she does not want to be a part of? And then you go on vacation so that because I would be the Blanche in this situation. Right. Of course. Yeah. And then when she gets stage fright, you just go out and you yeah. say, and then I'd be like, are you mad at your wiggle grandma? And yeah. she'll be like, no, I don't hate you. I'm just mad at you. And I'll be like, mm, OK, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I, I can totally I see, see that, that happening for us because I have I a do. feeling there will be many times where I will be bringing over wigs to your house for um oreo to wear for oreo to wear yeah uh i'm very much looking forward to that yeah she's she's doing well she um just yesterday she like i said she's been saying mama mama for like two months now and mm-hmm. that's the only sound she's been making so we've been trying to get her to go da 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 so we say oh, it to dada her that is always the last one though i mean actually at well i've heard that Dada and Bubba are easier to say than Mama. Oh, so, so that like, means Zelda is super intelligent. She's doing the hard ones first. But yesterday, she's now making a noise that kind of sounds like Dada and Lala and Nana all in one. It's or like it a Oh, wow. She looks like, you know, on Sesame Street. Remember those furry monsters that would go yip, 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 yip. You know, no, I don't, but okay, <laughs> well, you. Google it, Google it. The yip yip monsters, anyway. That's yeah. like the shape her mouth is making wow. when she, anyway, it's all very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most deflated, exciting. I just moment. realized, I again, it's you realize all relative. that you became that parent where you're you're mimicking the voice of your child, which is a lovely yeah. place to be in. Life, I'm but such you a probably didn't think I, you would be. <laughs> Can I tell you, I'm such a mom that not only is that the most exciting thing that's going on in my life, but I have a pack of open seaweed snacks in front of me that I was like, oh, that's going to be too loud to eat. And my Apple watch just told me that I'm nowhere near closing my rings today and it's time for me to stand. You're such an L.A. mom. I am. I am such a mom. And why do you keep your seaweed snacks in the closet? Well, I brought them up here to eat. Oh, but then okay. I was like, I this is this is not season two of Out on the Lanai. I can't just oh, eat I know. snacks when we People record anymore. People got so angry at us for eating during <laughs> during the recording. And, like, and that was when I we have... didn't even have great mics. You couldn't even pick up the eating. So I know. And yeah. I have I have prune baby food on my hands. I'm wow. just anyway. How are you? I mean, I'm I'm definitely I'm not in take that a situation. Sip of water while yeah, talk. go ahead, take a sip of water. No, I'm good. I can't complain. You know, life is good. I'm I'm you know, I also have obviously my other podcast, You're Making It Worse, that you have been on before with Elliot Glazer and Brent Sullivan, who they've all been on this podcast many times, as you know. I and, had a ball. Yeah. And and so yeah, that's going really well. And and also, I mean, just to, I guess, to say, because people have been asking us if we're going to be at the Golden Girls Convention, I, well, as Sadie Pines, will be at the Golden Girls Convention, which is very exciting. So if you happen to be in Chicago and you're listening to this before April 2022 or 2022, 
Uh, that's going to be a hard year to keep saying, actually, because like, I'm, yeah. I'm wanting to say a 2020, but it's 2022, whatever. Yeah. Um, but if you're listening to this before April 2022, then come see me in Chicago because I will be doing something as Sadie over that weekend, which is very exciting. So, yeah, that's how I am. That's very exciting. I'm yeah. I'm so bummed I'm not going to be there, but I'm so excited that you will be there. You have a baby to take care of, and I have a baby that is dying to get out of the house, which is Sadie <laughs> Pines. So um, the fact that I have an opportunity to leave the house and go to a city that I'm from, which I'm very, I mean, I, I, I am not from Chicago, but I went to school there and I, I considered a, a hometown city. Um and it's just really exciting. I'm really excited to go and see all the Golden Girls fans, but also see Stan Zimmerman again, because he'll be there and the Golden Gays of, of New York, which is a great drag sort of group that does great Golden Girls shows on cruises and the Golden Girls cruise, which I will never, ever go on. Sorry, I will never, I will not do that. That is terrifying to me. Not because I don't like the idea of a Golden Girls cruise. It's because I tend to feel trapped very easily. And mm-hmm. if I'm on a boat with a lot of Golden Girls fans, and I need like a little bit of a break, I won't feel like I can get away at all. It just terrifies me actually a little bit. And also COVID too. I don't want to be on a boat. Yeah, I don't think I want to be on a boat because of COVID. But hey, if you go on a cruise and you feel comfortable, more power to you. And if you went on the Golden Girls cruise, I hope you had a great time. The video looked amazing. It looked like so much fun. It's just not something I would do unless the check was very, very right. I don't think I could do that. I hear you. I hear you. It is going to be amazing. And you'll have to tell all of those people that I said hello and I love them. I will. And we should get into the episode, right? Yeah. So why don't you want to tell everybody what uh, what's in store for the rest of this episode? God, yes, I will. So this episode is going to start with an incredible interview with the ladies just as the Golden Girls was ending. It is really a wonderful interview. And you can tell that Rue and Estelle and Betty... They, I mean, Betty, of course, she was not ready to let go of the Golden Girls. And B was like, see ya, I'm already barefoot and I'm halfway to my Nissan Figaro convertible. I didn't, I was going to change. <laughs> Carrie wrote that car in because I don't really know cars. And I was trying to think of another car off the top of my head. And I'm not a car person. I'm an actual homosexual. I think it's a Figaro, but it Figaro? I, I think... don't know. I don't even know that. That's how okay. much I, I don't, I, I, drive a, I drive a Kia. Um, it's a Kia Nero electric and went all electric. That's all I know about cars is that oh. I, I plug in my car. I have a mom Subaru because I'm a mom now. Oh, um, yeah. Subaru. That's so exciting. I, I love the idea of you as a mom Subaru. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Watch that yeah, backup no. camera, honey. Yes. Like you <laughs> were saying, B was like, yeah, already she was half, halfway out the door, you yeah. know, on the way to the parking lot. If you need me, I'll be home enjoying a Belvedere on the rocks and a week's worth of pre-recorded <laughs> Jeopardy. Um, just so you can tell the tone in her voice. Um, so anyway, so you'll have that interview to listen to. And then after that, we sort of take a deep dive into the history of the Golden Palace and what was kind of going on in the TV landscape in 1992. On. There was so much going Fascinating. on. I mean, just the fact that it jumped from NBC to CBS is like mind-blowing to Golden Girls fans, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's an incredible history. And then we get into breaking down the actual episode. So there's so much super fun stuff. And, and forgive we, us if we we're negative Nancy's it. throughout a lot of the breakdown. It's just keep in mind the time. It was pre-COVID, pre-Betty. Just keep all that in mind as you're listening. And we promise you in the coming episodes where, of course, those are all new, uh, we will be more... 
open-minded celebratory so yeah it'll be celebratory i mean i'm still gonna shit on some things because even watching me too episode Episode two i've got some yeah we got some things we're gonna shit on so just be prepared for all of it we're we're evolved out ootlers now we we've grown we're not always sunshine and happiness (laughs) right Yeah. yeah yeah so stick around and we're going to take a quick break and then we'll do the re-release. But also don't go anywhere because we have brand new golden takeaways for this pilot episode. So definitely stick around to the end of the episode. But enjoy this little audio from April 2019. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I'm Rose Nyland, your new roomie. <laughs> Sorry your husband dumped you. It was like one of those dreams that every actor has saying, wouldn't it be great if something really worked? They changed the way we think about growing old. Grandma doesn't fall off the planet after she passes 50. She doesn't dry up and blow, blow away. And America's favorite foursome has taken humor and class to the top of the television ratings. But after seven years, the Golden Girls are waving goodbye. Sort of. With the departure of actress B. Arthur, the show is changing its name, its network, and its casting. So tonight, the gals are marking the end of an era. This is Golden Girls, episode number 180. Face it, nothing lasts forever. (laughs) You're gonna get married? I'm going to move in with my daughter. Chuckle, 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 chuckle. B, what made you decide that this was it? This was the time to leave? Oh, please. You know, I started out in 1972 with Maud. I have been confined to the box for 20 years now, and I think it's time to, to leave at the height of this beautiful, wonderful show. Let's not cry, let's laugh. Right. <laughs> of course. Sure. Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> Building up to goodbye has been tough on all of the cast members, but especially hard for Estelle Getty, who plays the mother of Bee's character on the show, and in real life has grown to be one of her closest friends. Looking forward to this show has been so difficult for the past month or so, because we knew it was coming, we knew it was coming, we knew it was coming, it was like, I'll be glad when it's over so that I don't have to think about it again. However sad I am, I won't have to go through with it again. Goodbye, my girls. The show's other leading ladies, Rue McClanahan and Betty White, face this milestone as differently as they play their characters, the ever-naive Rose and sex-crazed Blanche. Rose, you are about to make a grave mistake. You come to me if you want advice on men. You go to Dorothy if there's grandma you won't help with. I have always hated change, and this has been really the seven happiest years of my entire professional life, so you just hate to see it. That's the difference. I love variety. Oh, and I hate, I keep everything exactly the same if I possibly could. (laughs) 
Oh, God, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you so oh, I'm going much. To miss you. Okay, hold, please, hold, please. Please. <laughs> I'm delighted to be moving on. And uh, this has been a great deal of fun. But I hate pain. And I really don't want to feel any pain. And I've chosen not to be nostalgic or sentimental about this. But I, I, without the nostalgia, I think you miss a lot, too. I think you miss some of those, those good things that you clutch and take home with you. Over the years, the women have treated their audience to plenty of memories, too. Wine. <laughs> what do you think Golden Girls gave to America over seven years, to the viewers? A view of all the women as they, as they are, and if they're not, they should be. As they'd like to be, maybe. As they'd like to be, and there's no reason why it can't be. The remaining three cast members promise to continue breaking new ground next season when Golden Girls is transformed into a new show called Golden Palace. The women say their characters will deepen as they take on the task of running a hotel. She's not going to be quite so stupid or different. And she's going to clean up her act a little bit. You know, it's just Beyond that, the details are still a bit sketchy. So for now, the Golden Girls savor the end of a very successful chapter. We, I think, are the only show on television that I know of where there were no additions and no subtractions. Nobody was added to the cast, nobody left the cast for seven years. You think I'm nostalgic about some things. I mean, I'm saying goodbye to B, sadly. But if I were saying goodbye to Rose, I would be a mess. Now that would get me. If we were saying goodbye to these characters. Yes, that if you were leaving me. Blanche, that would do it. That'd be very difficult to do. It's going to hit me in about a month. Mm. I don't know what I'm going to think then. Mm. I might, I'd rather doubt that I'm going to say, why the hell did I quit? No, I know I won't. So as these four Emmy-winning actresses set out in search of new challenges, they say goodbye to a program that feels like an old friend. And come to think of it, so do we. Oh, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. There have been some hilarious things that have happened. Someday we'll be getting our boys and girls when we are on Golden Girls. I love how in the interviews, like Rose or Betty White constantly. I love that you just did that because you're because Betty White is Rose Nyland. <laughs> to you and to everyone, you, it's you true. just might as well just I say Rose. I just say Rose. But Betty White does this thing where she's always on and she has these canned jokes that she always go to where she's like, you know, these four broads, women. Like, and it's just so, she's constantly a showman. And, like, personally, on a personal level, living here in Los Angeles, knowing actors intimately, I hate that. <laughs> like, I hate when actors are like that. But I, I find it so endearing with her. I think it's because she's the consummate performer, right? She is, There's yeah. a reason why Betty White has been in show business longer than anybody else living on this planet right now. It's, she is the quintessential performer. Yeah, it's true. And what's so surprising, I feel like I've always felt this about Betty White, that there's something about her we don't know. Because, like, she comes across as this wholesome, she was in a very loving marriage. Like, I mean, it was just the fairy tale marriage, a wedding that they had, or not wedding, marriage that they had in Hollywood. Um, and, and yet, she never had kids she always kind of lived like a professional. She was very much married to her work. Like mm -hmm. she was always working. She's never stopped working since Though the 1950s. So she did have a a profound love for her late husband and she never yeah. remarried. And, yeah. yeah, but like it, it surprises me that they never had kids. And it surprises like, because she seems out of all of them, I think the most nurturing. 
Maybe Estelle Getty. I mean, but the most nurturing, mm-hmm. you know, of the four women professionally, like how we know them as women. Yeah. Because Rue McClanahan was always kind of like a sex spot, marrying men left and right. Mm-hmm. Like she was Blanche outside of the show. Right. It's just, it's, it blows me away. But watching these interviews, you can tell like B. Arthur is done. Yeah. Estelle Getty's kind of out of it. Yeah. So let's sort of talk about, let's back up. We'll talk about kind of the history and the backstory behind the Golden Palace. Um, so how in it 19, came to be. How it came to be, Arthur. Uh, <laughs> 1992, <laughs> the Golden Girls was in its seventh season. Everybody wanted to do an eighth it was season. Still, well, not everyone did. Well, except for except, B. Arthur. Except for B. Arthur. Um, she felt that they had, you know, really stretched the characters as far as they could. She didn't want the show to be on for too long. She just felt like it was a natural and organic stopping well, point. And the, for the show, show already, even though it was already, it was doing well in the ratings and it consistently got Emmys. I mean, Betty White was nominated every season. It had fallen in the ratings. Like mm-hmm. the, the two last seasons, I think, dropped. It was like in the top 20 for the first five or six seasons and then it dropped to the 30s. And so, like, it was getting to the point where the show was naturally coming to a close and audiences were moving on. Uh, the other thing that's worth noting, I realized, is when they, you know, when the the, the creators of the show, Susan Harris, Paul Jungerwit, uh, Tony Thomas, they must have known that they were going to try to develop a show with the other three women because of the way that they ended the Golden Girls with having Dorothy get married mm. and leave the nest. Yeah. You know, for emptiness, for emptiness, <laughs> Richard Mulligan. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, Susan Harris, Paul Jungerwit, Tony Thomas, uh, they all pitched, uh, this spinoff, uh, to idea NBC. to NBC of the golden palace where, you know, the three remaining women would run a hotel. Um, and NBC was basically like, okay, but since the since this isn't a proven concept, we don't know how the show will do be out without B. Arthur. We don't know if the audience will be there for you. I'm going to give you. It's usually what's called a mid season yeah, show, which is episodes. we're going to give you 13 episodes which, instead of the usual sort of 22 to 24 episodes. I think the NBC execs saw the what is the tea leaves? The writing in the tea, whatever. The, writing on the wall. No, there's an expression about tea leaves. They had like a thing. They were what? reading the tea leaves. Yeah, that like. <laughs> When the show initially, the whole reason why the show got pushed even in the beginning was that they finally got B. Arthur. I mean, B. Arthur was like the big get that right. they needed mm-hmm. to get the show solidified. And if B. Arthur's not a part of it, then what? I mean, even though the three other women are amazing, it's like they didn't sell the show. They did, but they weren't the reasons why. NBC immediately was like, great, here's all your money, here's everything. It right. was B. Arthur that did it. And, I mean, I hate to think of it as sort of a B. Arthur vehicle, but B. Arthur really was the mm-hmm. driving force of a lot of the series. It would be like doing the Big Bang Theory without Jim Parsons, yeah. who won all those Emmys. You'd go, ooh. What's the this, point? This person kind of is the anchor to the show. Will it, you know, can it still yeah. hold up without this person? And, and you know, NBC as a network, like, they have a financial interest they they may and love the, ratings the girls were they declining. may love exactly and it was like do you i mean I, it, i'm surprised spinoffs were always kind of a thing they were especially a thing in the 70s they were a big thing in the 70s and norman lear yeah b, Ar- b. arthur got her career started because of a spinoff right. with maude mm-hmm. so like spinoffs were a big deal but in the 80s they kind of declined a little bit, and then you saw a lot of, instead of spinoffs of TV shows, there were remakes of popular movies. Mm-hmm. So, like, Working Girl was a TV right. show. Like, a lot of big movies became TV shows. And so, in the early 90s, it was like, 
spinoffs weren't really becoming a thing and there was a lot more family entertainment that was mm-hmm. sort of the driving force of ratings with TGIF. Right. And so like you had, where was this show? And it was also like, I mean, culturally grunge was huge in music. Like TV was shifting. Right. TV was becoming very different in mm-hmm. the early nineties. And it was like, where does this show fit right. now that we're not in the mid eighties where this kind of sitcom could exist NBA ratings, huge hit. Right. Well, uh, CBS as a network felt strongly enough about it and they jumped in and they said, hey, if you go with our network, we will give you a full 24 episode order. Which is a great, I mean, a great offer to not even have a pilot air or anything and to get a complete order Mm -hmm. without even a pilot airing. Like, yeah, that's massive. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I think you... You sort of, you go with the success that the Golden Girls had for so many years. I'm sure they had pitched the proof of concept. You already have the other three women on board. You know, you probably already have things in place that have a good track record. Yeah. Um, And, you know, CBS maybe at the time, they were maybe... It's also a lot of it can be right place, right time, where they're like, oh, we kind of need a show for this demographic in this time slot, and the timing may have worked out well. Well, CBS at the time, too, I mean, it's biggest one of its biggest shows was Murphy Brown and it had just during those years mm-hmm. Murphy Brown kind of started winning best comedy series after the Golden Girls so the mm. Golden Girls came and then it shifted to Murphy Brown but CBS also had Designing Women yep. had Major Dad had yep. that Burt Reynolds show I think um uh, they, Bob oh wait Burt Reynolds had a show yeah, on CBS? yeah oh. Evening Star I think it was I think that never was saw it oh it was a big it won a bunch of Emmys too uh, well, the first episode of The Golden Palace aired on CBS September 18th, 1992 for a total of 24 episodes. The last one aired on May 14th, 1993. And you know what's ironic about what's it that? when it got canceled? Because it got canceled pretty much at the last minute. Like they had gotten a second season and then CBS just decided very quickly, no. So they they thought they were going to get a second season. So when the show first aired, um, the the premiere episode, the pilot, which we're going to dive into in a minute, uh, fifteen million viewers watched the pilot for its debut episode. That's big. Um, yeah. Just for comparison, I mean, a lot more people. Again, there was a lot less television to watch back then. Yeah. You know when you know people used to watch TV, and you'd hear that people who were watching, you know, ER. It was in like twenty million people were watching ER and Seinfeld and Friends. And these days, you know, you're lucky like our show school is, you know, consider does considerably well. And, you know, we're getting like three to five million viewers an episode. It's because now we have cable and streaming and people watch things on VOD. And anyway, so 15 million viewers for their first episode. Great. Um, but then after that, it just slowly it's went slowly downhill. over the season. The, the, the numbers dwindled. Um, but CBS, you were kind of talking about TGIF. So CBS... Um, in a response to ABC doing TGIF, which, you know, thank goodness it's Friday. It was a block uh, on Friday nights for television shows. Great shows. I remember Great loving television them. shows. Family Matters, Step by Step. Full uh, House, uh, Hanging with Mr. Cooper, Boy Meets World, yeah, Perfect Strangers. Perfect Strangers, yeah. Dinosaurs. Um, oh, Dinosaurs. I loved. We just watched that the other day, the final episode. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Oh, that the, final episode is of sad? Dinosaurs is actually one of the darkest Final episodes of is the meteor a coming? Yeah, yeah. Well, and th- it's all of because of like you know th- what the dinosaurs have done. Big business corporations have done to pollute the world. Oh, interesting. And what the in, me- yeah? It's, is that an 
allegory for yes. something else. It is sad because then at the end they're all looking outside and the cold is coming and every, uh, I mean it's and they're just like, well, maybe it'll be warmer tomorrow. It never will. Winter is coming. Oh. Everybody's going to die. Support the Green New Deal, AOC. Um, <laughs> so CBS was like, we're going to do a TGIF. So they grouped the Golden Palace. TGIF with- for old people. Sure. Because that's really what it was. It sure. was like well, TGIF. old people and kids, because you and I both watched The Golden well, Girls. we were not normal women. kids, because everyone no. <laughs> else was watching TGIF while we were watching The Golden Palace. And our amazing listeners who, I mean, guys, none of us were normal kids. Go we can all the just lineup, say it now. Go through the lineup okay. of CBS's TGIF. Okay, unquote. their TGIF was The Golden Palace, okay. Major Dad, yeah. <laughs> Designing Women, yes. and Bob, which was a sitcom for Bob Newhart. It was his third television show. That's like a menopause, hot flash, like, you know, <laughs> lovely two-hour block to cool down. Well, you know what I mean? Like, that's, I mean, even though I love all of those shows, if they were trying to compete with a TGIF level of, of a block of television, you're going for the wrong demographic. I wonder, it's so interesting. All of a sudden, now you have the women from the Golden Girls, the NBC women on the network with the designing women yeah. girls. And you know what's ironic at the end of that season when they canceled Golden designing Palace, women was they also, also canceled. canceled Designing Women mm-hmm. and Major Dad. I mean, it was like a whole, that whole, and all of those shows had been on television for a number of years. Yeah. Man, the Weird. Golden Palace was like the plague. What if the Golden Palace was the plague that ruined them all? What if that's the Game of Thrones? Winter's coming. I don't know anymore. <laughs> so one thing that I find very interesting, um, and we're going to play it for you guys in a second, but the revamping of the Golden Girls theme song for the <gasps> Golden Palace, if you listen to it and you think, okay, they're trying to give us this TGIF cool hip Friday night feel, the theme song, the the revisited Golden Girls theme song sounds very much like in the same vein of the Full House theme song yeah. or the step-by-step theme song. Step it's a little step, more uppity. Day by day. Day by day. <laughs> Fresh start over in a different way. Um, fun fact, yeah. Christine Lakin, who played Al, the tomboy mm-hmm. on Step by Step, I may have talked about this in the podcast, um, she's the choreographer for Goldberg's and Schooled, so I cool. worked with her on my episode, and also she directed an episode of Goldberg. She's a fantastic director. Anybody wow. out there, if you work in television, hire Christine Lakin as a director, because she's fantastic. Cool. And you can ask her all about uh, Suzanne Summers and Patrick Duffy. Suzanne Summers thinks you can drink a lot of coconut water and it'll cure cancer. Let's play the Golden Palace theme song for everybody. Here it is. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. So, you know, I have to admit, even watching the pilot, like, this all makes me sad. Because, like, as an artist, as a writer, as a comedian, I pride myself in knowing when to stop. Yeah. Like, knowing when the joke has gone too far. Understanding timing. Understanding when it's time to stop. Because, like, the audience... you're the B. Arthur. Yeah. And everybody else is... I mean, but I think... I, I look at it like... I look at Betty White... 
Rue McClanahan. And of course, like, it's a paycheck and you can continue a really popular franchise and people will love you for it. But you also run the risk of tainting that franchise. You run the risk of really hurting the reputation you built over a number of years. And it's like, why beat something to death just because it had been successful for you. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, they may have felt like it just wasn't the time to go. And they may have felt like if they had the support of the creators and the writers and some of the directors and the rest of the cast that, you know, because the network that gave you the show. Well, they did have the support of the network. They just wanted more episodes. So the network didn't support them. They gave them 30. It just like the network showed that we don't have full faith in this. And that to me the like 13 order episode is actually a slap in the face for the golden girls because it was a big it was a big television show for this for the for the for NBC for years mm-hmm. and the fact that they wouldn't just give them a full season i mean that that for, for you look at Joey, for example, the spinoff of Friends, that got a full season. Right, that got but a couple they, of they seasons. may have also shot a pilot first, and no, and no, they didn't shoot a pilot and no. test a pilot. No, before. it wasn't tested at all. It went directly the next season. That was the spinoff. That was literally they went from there was no like, and then we're gonna come back in two months. It was literally like, here's the full season. Oh, interesting. And to know it's that. like. If a show that big and Friends and Golden Girls, I think, are comparable in terms of the impact that it had on an, on an, on a mm-hmm. network. I mean, Cosby Show being another one of them. That it was a huge, huge, huge show. You give it the full season. NBC didn't give it well, that, and it I think should have been assigned. I'm going to give you. He, here's why I think they pushed for it so much. So, excuse me. One thing I've learned is that I think I found this on IMDb. Um, if the Golden Palace, so so while they were making the Golden Palace, they were st- they were still trying to get B. Arthur to come back. She's barefoot at home drinking her wine. Yeah, watching Jeopardy. I think what they hoped was that she's maybe, watching book TV on C-SPAN. Let's <laughs> yeah, be real. Maybe be watching C-SPAN, watching her best friend Angela Lansbury and murder she wrote. Um, <laughs> I think they thought if we give B. Arthur a little vacation yeah. and do a season of the Golden Palace, she's going to miss everybody. She's going to see how well the show's doing. They don't know B. Arthur. Well, <laughs> but they know her better than we. Um, so they 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 basically said, hey, if we can come back for a second season. Our goal is to have B. Arthur come back. And they reached out to her. They said, look, we'll, we'll cut down on the number of episodes. We'll work around your schedule. Like, what can we do to get you to come back? And if they had gotten B. Arthur to come back, then the second season of The Golden Palace would have basically been a continuation of The Golden Girls. So the women would have moved out of the hotel, back into the house. Would the show have been called The Golden Palace or The Golden Girls? I don't know. That but that like was kind of the plan. a bad idea to me. And it, 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 it just reeks of, you know, desperation to rekindle something that is over. Move on and, and from it's pro- it. You know, and it's probably why B. Arthur was like, no, I'm I'm. And that's why I done. don't think they knew B. Arthur at all. Because if it, like, literally, even we, not knowing B. Arthur, know B. Arthur would never yeah. go for that. She pro- so- it probably was a stretch to get her, it, probably in her contract, when she got out of the deal and she was like, I'm not coming back mm-hmm. for Golden Girls, they were like... Okay, well, you have to do two episodes with Golden Palace. Fine. Like, I, I I'm feel- sure she was happy to. I'm sure she was happy to do two episodes. I'm sure that was that was the most that she was willing she was to give them. Probably very happy that she didn't have to come back after it was done shooting. 
<laughs> she was probably like, I don't have to come back tomorrow. You guys do. Bye. Yeah, like I'm sure, you know, I'm sure she still missed everybody. I'm sure she still loved everybody. I'm sure the other thing is too, when with the spinoff, I bet they they kept a lot of the same crew and you're giving yeah. people jobs. Um, but uh, unfortunately, the show, it did get canceled. Basically, CBS at the last minute, um, I'm assuming it was right before Upfronts, which is where you go to your advertisers and you announce all the new shows that are going to be coming out this fall and the returning shows right at the, you know, hour 11, they were basically like, no, we're not going to renew well, of you. Of course. I mean, no. Which means they were probably try- like holding out for B. Arthur until they the were last 57th, minute. ranked 57th most of the season of Golden Palace mm-hmm. in the rankings for the, se- for the series, for the season. No advertiser is going to jump on and latch themselves on to a 57th ranked show. It's just, it's just bad. And also, like, you do, a spinoff to me is not taking the entire cast of a show and doing basically the same show in a different setting. A spinoff is when Joey moves to LA and you follow Joey and there are special guest stars of the past casts. Or, you know, uh, what other popular... Maud. Maud is a great... Mm-hmm. Uh, a yeah. Great, like, I mean, you take one character, take one character and you and base build. it around them. Yeah. A show based on... You could have had three shows out of that. You could have had Estelle going and working, running some <laughs> old lady home. And you have Rue moving to Nevada and running a brothel. And Betty White becoming an executive, surprisingly. Like... You could have done three amazing separate shows and they would have, I think, stood on their own. I, I don't know that you would have done three at one time. You could have maybe done one. Um, well, in the age of digital, you could have done yeah. three. Uh, well, what is interesting, so after the show did get canceled, um, they were still able, because they still had Empty Nest and Nurses, which were, you know, spinoffs of the Golden Girls as well, um, they 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 were able to keep Estelle Getty around. They had yeah. Sophia, um, The as the story goes, Sophia actually returned turns to the rebuilt Shady Pines retirement home and she would appear as a cast member in later seasons of Empty Nest. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of what became of uh, Rose and Blanche in the hotel, we we just don't know. Well, she, Estelle Getty, I, I think I've said this before, but she holds the record of um, playing the same character on that many sitcoms. Like she's apparently played a step, played, uh, Sophia. Sophia on like the most sitcoms. Yeah, because she did more than um, any other character. Yeah, Golden Girls, Golden Palace, Empty Nest, probably Nurses, and John Larroquette Show, and the John Larroquette Show. Amazing. Which is an NBC um, block. Yeah. Uh, before, okay, so but right before we dive into the pilot, um, real quick, what do you think of? You know, here we go. The Golden Girls are ending. B. Arthur's leaving. We have the three women. Mm-hmm. Do you think having the three women uh, run their own hotel is the strongest version of what a, the, the spinoff for those three women should have been? No, I mean it's. Just, I mean, the great thing as a, a a vehicle for writing a hotel is a great vehicle because it offers lots of different different types of characters to be coming in and out. It gives interactions for characters that we know and love to react to really weird people on an episode-by-episode basis that are always different. That's cool. That gives you an opportunity. But you don't necessarily need it to be a hotel. I mean, that's a massive undertaking for three elderly women, basically, who, you know, it would have been... They could have done the whole Bob Newhart thing and ran an inn, ran a bed and breakfast, a small bed. They could have moved... It would have been great. I would have loved for them to have left Miami. I would have loved for them to have gone to some maybe move somewhere random in in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. or do something outside of make it a new show because what 
it just screams to me again of desperation when you essentially just try to recreate the same thing in the same city using the same people in the same type setting. Right. I mean, even, and, and, and the whole pilot episode is all about jokes calling back to things on the Golden mm-hmm. Girls. It isn't a fresh new show. So here are my thoughts. I think that at first I was like, oh, maybe it would have made more sense if it's like the girls in a retirement community. But then I'm remembering like one of the main sort of messages of the Golden Girls was that just because you're a woman of a certain age doesn't mean that you can't still be sexual and that you can't still work and that you can't still, you know, be an individual and, and, and you know, have an untraditional family. And they wouldn't um, be able to go because I think they made that clear on the Golden Girls that the whole reason why they're sticking together is so they don't have to do that. Right. So I I. I do like the aspect that the show is still kind of going up against this stigma that old people can't work or, you know, still have extremely social lives or whatever. However, I do think that anytime the women are split up, like I noticed a lot in the pilot, all of a sudden you have Blanche off with Don Cheadle and, and, and Sophia off with Cheech Marin. It's, it's tough because I, I'm, I'm missing the girls and their dynamic together, which is I think you bring up a good point when you say just take one character. So to me, I think a more successful spinoff, and this is kind of what they did with The Office where they followed Dwight onto Shroot Farms, I would have loved to have seen a Rose spinoff. Yeah. Rose goes back to St. Olaf mm-hmm. to run her, the Lindstrom's farm. And exactly. then we meet all these new characters. And yes, the, the other women can guest star and visit her every now and again. But you're, you're, you're getting emotionally invested in these new characters. I found myself kind of unable to get emotionally invested in our new main characters because you still have the dynamic mm-hmm. of the existing characters. Exactly. And I didn't realize that until you said they should have maybe just taken Well, and you look at Rose, there's a line Rose character. says, and we'll get to this, but there's a line Rose says towards the end of the pilot episode where a robber comes in and she's being her old. And that whole bit, that was probably the strongest bit in the entire episode because it focuses solely on Rose reacting the way Rose reacts, mm-hmm. giving Rose a new element that she's not so dumb, yeah. but then proving she actually is. That is a beautiful circle that they made for that character yeah. that they could have done on a successful spinoff of just Betty White. I would hate to see Blanche go because I love a Blanche, but right. they would be back. I mean, right. they would always be around. It's just... It would have been stronger if you would just give it a made it different, mm-hmm. you know. You know what? I'm curious to know what two of our GG VIP friends and guests oh. think of the Golden Palace. Melania you- and Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, I was just having oh, lunch I with just them. They're big burped, fans. Burped, vomited. Big fans. Um, I'm curious to know what Alaska and Elliot think about. Oh, you mean Miss Thunderfuck? And Mrs. And Glazer. Glazer, yeah. <laughs> um, Senora Glazer. Uh, I wonder what they think about the Golden Palace and general. Okay, so the Golden Palace is not good. <laughs> it's just not good. They They made a noble attempt, but you just can't create the same magic as the Golden Girls, A, without B, Arthur, and B, in a hotel. Like, it just... It just doesn't make sense as a workplace comedy, but you know it's 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 a cliche to say it at this point. But look, if you're going to do the show without B, you might as well not do it at all. And they did it, and it's kind of a stain on the golden, <sighs> the canon of the Golden Girls. It's the it's the dirty secret nobody wants to talk about. 
thank you for being afraid. <laughs> Hello. Out on the lanai, this is Alaska. I'm so excited that you are doing a Golden Palace special. Um, I love Golden Palace, um, mostly because there was a really amazing Chinese food buffet in Pittsburgh called Golden Palace that I used to go to when I was in college. Um, that's pretty much all I love about Golden Palace. <laughs> um... Well, it was, you know, they wanted to keep magic alive. They wanted to keep it going because it meant a lot to them and it meant a lot to a lot of people out there. But you know what? Everything has its time and has its season. And Golden Palace has its moments. Don Cheadle is outstanding. Cheech is incredible. Um... uh, uh, I love the episodes with B. Arthur where she comes back and we get to see that Miles truly is a scumbag like Carrie thinks she, he is. <laughs> Overall, I think Golden Palace is um, a really bizarre world where somehow Blanche is the normal one. And I think it throws off the entire balance of like believability and like actual, uh, reality. Um, so, uh, at any rate, I'm very glad that you all are covering this because I think it's an important part of our history that we can learn from. And I think if we don't learn from, um, things like this, then we, uh, we are destined to repeat it. So um, thank you so much. And thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. All Fascinating. Right. Fascinating. I, I could just hear them. Elliot's smooth, deep voice and Alaska's deeper voice. I just love both of them. I know. I wish they were here with us right now, but then this episode would be eight hours long. (laughs) I'm with Elliot enough, and I text Alaska all the time. All right. Let's dive into the pilot episode of The Golden Palace. We start at the house, at Blanche's house. There's a, it's so jarring to see a sold sign. Yeah, it's sold. They're moving out. There are boxes oh. going out. Big burly men's taking it. before we dive in even further, guys, you can watch this on YouTube. It's you all on can, YouTube. You can watch pretty much all the episodes, if not most of them, on YouTube. So yeah. if you haven't, pause, pause the episode. Go watch it on YouTube. I was actually back. worried because Alaska has the DVDs, and I was worried that we were going to have to, like, get them from Alaska because... You know, it's the Golden Palace and and coordinate that because he's traveling all over the world. But we didn't have to. Thank you, YouTube. Thank you, YouTube. Uh, okay, so the the we're, it, it is kind of jarring to see um, Blanche's house empty, pretty much save it's for a few just boxes. Blanche's house. They all own oh, sorry, it. Sorry, they all own a piece of it. Be respectful of property. Um, I love that basically like the one recognizable thing left in the living room is the wicker sofa. I do. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, again, like this episode, I don't know if, the, I mean, it, the writing team didn't, because Mark Sotkin was one of the head people in charge. I mean, I saw his name on the credits. So like he's a part of it and the, there's carryover from the writers from the previous uh, series. Mm-hmm. But like for some reason, the jokes were feeling very flat 
very forced. And I feel like a lot of it was canned laughter. Oh, I don't know. I, I felt like the beginning, like the scene with the women packing up and moving out, it just, it felt like one of those episodes of the Golden Girls where Dorothy's not in the scene. Like, remember there's one where she just like leaves at the beginning. She's like, I'm going out of town. Oh, and yeah. she just comes back at the end and was like, what did I miss? That's sort of what it felt like <laughs> to me. Um, I love that. Um, you know, uh, Rose is like hyperventilating because- um, She doesn't want to move. The women pretty much lost, I mean, they've- put all of their money and savings, it sounds like, into that buying a, a horrible hotel. idea for women over the age of 60 to I do. I know. I know. I was thinking that. And um, so, yeah. So they've all bought this hotel. Rose is concerned and she's freaking out. Blanche is like... The smartest thing Rose ever said. This hotel is going to run itself. We don't need to worry. Um, and then the, they're all sitting on the couch and the movers pick them up and physically That's carry cute. them out, which I thought that was cute. That is cute. So now we get into our new world so of the hotel. I will say, though, Don Cheadle. Don Cheadle's the manager of this hotel. And it is the training ground for his Academy Award nomination in Hotel Rwanda years later. Um, so at this point, in terms of television, Don Cheadle had guest starred on some TV shows. He had never been a series regular on a TV show. This was his this first. This was his big break. Mm-hmm. Um, so Did they ever explain how he was fostering a child? How he got that child? I don't think they did. Well, I, I don't know. Maybe they did in a later episode. But um, not in the pilot. Not in the pilot. So this so, white kid with a black dude. So they meet Don Cheadle. Um, we meet Don Cheadle. They're not there yet. And so we know that he's the hotel manager. Mm-hmm. And he thinks that... They're successful. The women... They've he, been doing this for years. Yes. Yeah, so he feels like he needs to impress them. <sighs> I'll save that comment for later. I have a comment about the logistics. You know I do. Um, okay, anyway, and yes, we meet... A little boy, who, which is a horrible idea. It, okay, but also his name, it's it's so on the nose. What's his name? He's, he's an orphan. Well, he's not really an orphan. Is his name orphan? His name is Oliver. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so anyway, um, Roland fosters him. He at but one point how? is left Why? to. Because I don't, we find out later that his mother or father murdered someone, and his mom is. His dad's in prison for manslaughter. His mom's an alcoholic who took off, and it sounds like a very terrible mother how who would just Don bring a bunch of men. How did meet these people? I don't. I don't know. Did I, he meet them? They may. They may say it later in the series, but. Um, but my point is, is like one of the reasons why this episode felt so flat to me is that the, A, there's so much that is confusing about why things are the way they are. Especially in a pilot, you explain the existence of characters. That's one of the central roles of a pilot, really. Especially, I mean, for, for major characters, sure, you have things unfold. Well, but for a little boy that doesn't give a fuck about anything? Well, it, it could be that they wanted to... So, so when they're rounding out their cast of characters... At some point, they were just like, it might be fun to have a child on, like a child be a regular on the show. This kid who's like always getting into trouble. Maybe he can go on some fun adventures with Sophia. Was Jenny Lewis not available? Oh my God. If it was Jenny, can you imagine? I would have loved it. She came back with that teddy bear. I found your teddy bear in the moving van, Betty. 
Um, so, uh, so anyway, so, uh, Oliver is played by an actor named Billy Sullivan who hasn't really been in anything since, uh, for about the last 10 Again, years. this show is cursed. Don um, Cheadle is the only successful I, thing that came out of it. And Cheech Marin is still very successful. I don't give a fuck about Cheech. Cheech really. Marin is actually a very nice man. I've met being. him before. He's a very nice man, mm-hmm. but on a, a comedy level, I've always just been like, I don't get why you exist. Well, uh, in the seven, I mean, in the, they were the they were the ones who invented stoner comedy. They're the reason why probably you why have movies like Half Baked and uh, like every and everything Seth Rogen makes. And anyway, doesn't matter. Um, uh, so this little the, the, boy so and Don bottom, Cheadle so this, are chatting. So this little boy, who if you're around our age, you might know from um, uh, '90s kids sports movies like Little Big League and The Big Green. That was one was he in about those? soccer. He was in both of those. Oh, wow. So he, so Billy Sullivan as Oliver. Um, he was Please, only. Sir, can I have some more? He was only in about eight episodes, and then he was written out of the series when his mother, played by Jolie Fisher, half-sister to the late Carrie Fisher, R.I.P. Um, she and re- cast member on Ellen. Yes, and cast member on Ellen. Um, she comes back and retakes custody of him. So they, they probably felt like, okay, this isn't working, and then they wrote him out of the show. Let's get one of the Fishers to take him away. Yeah. Um, There's a metaphor there. So maybe. So the women come in to the hotel and immediately realize that um, they are in over their head because the hotel has two employees and a child. Two and a half. Oh, and they have a part time maid who, who we, we never, never meet. <gasps> I wonder if it was Coco. Oh, that would have been great. Actually. Can you imagine? Can, do you, ma- can you I imagine? I messaged him on Facebook. He okay. saw it and didn't reply. Well. Do you think that <laughs> I wonder if they actually toyed with the idea of bringing him back and they called him and they were like, so we're going to introduce this like part time. And even he, he was like, sorry, B. Yeah. Arthur beat you to it. I'm not yeah. going to do it. <laughs> she called me 10 minutes ago. Anyway, she was slurring her words. So the women get the women come in. Don Cheadle's like they're like, we're the owners. And he's like, OK, grandma, basically like, who are you? The Pointer Sisters. And they're like, no, we're the owners. And he's like, oh boy, gulp, what have I done? And he's like, wait a minute, you don't know how to run a hotel. And she's like, wait a minute, you, we only have two employees. What? And then the women immediately split up, and I'm sad because I'm like, they're splitting up. Yeah. So Sophia, what they what they do is they set up the arrangement of who's going to be a character with who. So like, Sophia leaves to go to the kitchen to be with Cheech Marin, Mm -hmm. the cook. Mm -hmm. Rose leaves to go to this mystery Coco maid that we never meet in the first episode to deal with housekeeping. And Blanche, who is probably going to be the lead in this, she's going to be the B. Arthur in this this spinoff. She goes with Don Cheadle, the manager, to sort out what business arrangement got fucked up here. This is where I have a question. So these women have bought a hotel... Mm -hmm. Without, Which, it looks like the hotel in that uh, uh, Versace Ryan Murphy movie. Oh, I thought you wondered if it was maybe the hotel from the well, Burt no, Reynolds episode. The setting, the setting, the actual set looks like the hotel where they got arrested for being prostitutes. Right. But the outside oh. image of it looks like a hotel from the Versace movie. Got it. Didn't yeah. see it. Very sad. Um, so here's what I don't understand. So... And I guess, so what we learned from Blanche, and again, there's so much exposition. I'm going to jump ahead for a second. So Blanche 
Once she learns that the hotel only has two employees, she like makes a call to the people she bought it from and learns that like they were basically like faking the books and the the hotel isn't actually making money Mm -hmm. and the owner fired everybody except for Roland and Chewy. To make it look like they were turning a profit. To make it look like they were turning a profit. But then the owners also told Roland that the girls were successful hotel owners. Everybody was swindled. The hotel isn't making any money. And then they have to make a payment within a week or else they lose the hotel. And it's like, this is all in your pilot. This is so much business. And also they're about to have all these travel agents like who booked the travel agents? I know it's it's so there's it's so convoluted and and forced. it's like it's forced. It's well. Here's the thing: when you, especially for a pilot, I feel like you're introducing these new characters. You want an internal conflict. You want a conflict mm-hmm. between your characters. Mm-hmm. What they've given us here is an external conflict, mm-hmm. which is like. We don't have money. These people swindled us. Ain't we nobody need to... got time for that. So they're all basically on the same page. And there are many internal conflicts between Sophia and Chewy. I want Italian. I want Mexican. But like, it's just, it's, there's so much information being pumped out to, to basically get us at the end to make the women go, oh, maybe we should do this. This is kind you know of fun. You know what would have been a smarter, view? If, they, if they had to have the hotel, what would have been a smarter explanation for all of this? And yes, it would have fucked up the entire story of the first episode. One of them could have inherited it. Inherit the hotel. Yes. Just, it would have solved yep. everything. Inherit the hotel and, and then, then you, you show come up. in and you oh. have, pro- I mean, it would have helped you with character development. It would have helped you on so many levels. It would erase all of the mess. Yeah. Inherit the hotel. They go in and they're like, oh, I mean, fuck this. We're going to sell it. Blanche's sister leaves it to her. Yeah. Rose's long lost uncle who had baby the pig mm-hmm. and he instead gave her a hotel. Like there's so many levels of Sophia run it, won it in a poker game, a strip poker game. That would have been great. Yeah, and, 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 and yeah, it feels like the women could have, you still could have had the same idea where they're like, they could still be resisting it. Oh, we don't really want to do this. Because it's a shithole. You don't want to get into right. it. But, but you see possibility for a new new sort of lesson on life. Like, oh, well, new lease on life. New like, lease on life, oh, yeah. oh, wow, I'm, yes, I'm of this certain age, but I've just, I've stumbled. Life gave me this hotel, mm-hmm. and now it's my time to... Do it. Let's sell the house and let's do it, girls. Yeah. That would have made sense to me. And it could have been about the girls Mm -hmm. instead of like... And the other thing is, is that they're like... Their problem is we don't have enough employees. And if we don't do well this week for these travel agents then we're screwed. Mm-hmm. But you don't really see that playing out on screen. There's a scene where Sophia is cook, has to like, basically she, she gets a complaint about a pork chop, but you never actually see that play out. You don't see, oh no, the girls are like running from one room to the other to the other and yeah. Rose is trying to change all the beds. And then you get a funny scene where like, you know, Sophia's got to stand in front of the door because she can't let anybody in. And she's like, I'm an old lady. And it's just like, you also don't see their problem really playing out on screen. Mm-hmm. Again, because it's a pilot and you have so much, you're setting up a whole new world. And what's great about a spinoff pilot is that you don't have to explain so much. These people, these characters, for the most part, if you do it successfully, are, all, are already known. We know who these people are. Yeah. Half of a pilot is getting to know the characters. Mm-hmm. We know this. So you could have had such a great story. So uh, we also meet, so when Sophia goes into the kitchen, this is when they're splitting all the women up, uh, we meet Chewie, um, who's played Cheech by Marin. Cheech Marin. Who um, was replaced at the last minute. It was supposed to be 
um, and like an Eastern European cook. Yeah. And then played by a British comedian. Either he left or got fired or it was. So he was recast before the pilot was shot. Yeah. Um, And of course, Miami, you need. I mean, I don't think Cheech Marin is Cuban, but I think you need a Cuban like for representation, a Cuban cook or Cuban character. Yeah. So Chewie's Mexican on the show. Um, and this was also Cheech Marin's first uh, uh, stint as a, uh, a, a regular, a series, a TV, a regular on a TV show. Um, Sorry, Cheech. So, so basically Sophia goes in and he's like, yeah, I cook Mexican cuisine. And she's like, we cook Italian. And like, okay, they're off. And the audience goes crazy for that. Like, it's like a, an applause break for yeah, We Cook it, Italian, which I get. It's like an audience that loves the Golden Girls, but come on. Um, there was a, uh, there was kind of a funny joke. Like you said, they they keep kind of going back and referencing things from the show. They do reference Dorothy a couple times. Um, uh, Rose says, um, uh, she's like, oh, I wish Dorothy was here. And Blanche goes, oh, honey, she couldn't get us out of this. Even Dorothy couldn't get us yeah, out of this. Yeah, and Rose goes, no, but she could beat the crap out of you. And they both just stand there going, yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Dorothy would have talked them out of it. Because you know what? Here's why the women shouldn't have trusted Blanche. In the Burt Reynolds episode, mm-hmm. when Blanche mm-hmm. says, I found the perfect hotel, look how good her judgment is. That's Blanche all I'm saying. Blanche has a history with hotels, mm-hmm. y'all. Yep. So does Rose, frankly. Rose lost the tickets to the or to the reservations to the hotel when they came for the game show in Los Angeles. Like none of them are good with hotels. Leave it to Dorothy. Yeah. So then, so then again, we get through this whole thing where Blanche is like, "Okay, if we can, if we can just get through this week and make those travel agents happy, they'll give us good recommendations, and we'll be able to pay our bills, and the hotel will be able to stay open." It's like, okay, let's do the math. Oh Forty-two bedrooms. Now, mm-hmm. if anyone, if, if you know me in a hotel, you left the hotel room a mess. Yeah. So 42 bedrooms, one lady, one lady going through making all of those beds, vacuuming all of those rooms, scrubbing all of those toilets. One 87-year-old woman doing all the cooking. Yeah. And then I think Rose is also waiting tables. I ain't a continuity bitch, but... This is shit. Yeah, there's no way. And also, Billy kind of goes away. He doesn't actually really help with the hotel in any way, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess child labor laws are very strong in Florida, but still. But like, like yeah, why have him? At le- he could at least intern. Yeah, it, it. Yeah, it was just. It's it's what's interesting about that problem that they're having is that it's almost as if they've already accepted. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be our life. It's like. Well, I guess they would lose all of I mean, their money. They don't have if, at this. I mean, there is the setup, which is a good setup. Where yeah, they're, they're kind they're, of they're, they're, they have they're no screwed. choice. Yeah, they're they screwed. have no choice, and that does allow for good character development mm-hmm. and story. And yeah. Um. So yeah, there's somebody that complains about the food. Sophia goes oh. out. There's like a whole scene with again uh, just a, a a customer, and I'm like, I miss the girls. They've been split up for this whole episode. Yeah. Um. And then there's the scene you and I we, you referenced it earlier. Where oh my god! It's literally when I think of the Golden Palace, this is the one scene I think of. It's like this and the B. Arthur episode are the two things I think of from the Golden Palace. So Rose is at the front desk, I guess, in between waitressing and turning down the forty beds. Scrubbing. Through. Um, a man runs in with a ski mask and a gun and no, he doesn't show the gun yet. He oh. runs in with a ski mask and he goes, where's the safe? And Rose goes, 
are you warm? Aren't you warm in that? And then he pulls out a gun and he goes, where's the safe? And she goes, oh, you want to put your gun in the safe? Yeah, the ones in the room are small. One second. And she calls up to Roland and she's like, hey, Cheech Roland. Uh, no, it she, it, no, that's, um, that's Don Cheadle. And she goes, hey, oh. Roland, uh, we have a guest here who wants to put something in one of the large safes. And then you just see the robber and he's just like, he's just like, just leaning against the counter like with his gun board. I mean, it's a long bit. It's a long bit. And then she's like, okay, he'll be down in a few minutes. Okie dokie. And she like flips through a magazine. Yeah. And then he runs away. He's like, she's like, where are you going? He's like, Carlton. The Ritz Carlton. The Ritz Carlton. He leaves. But then she very sassily shifts character and calls 911 and is like, like goes into depth about the character. She picks up the phone. She was like, hello, I want to report like a male Caucasian, 175 pounds, 5'7", ski mask, brown eyes, prominent Adam's apple. I thought that was a detail. Um, He's carrying a 357 Magnum and he's on to the way to the Ritz Carlton Hotel. And when she said that, in my mind, I was like... Oh, and then she goes, um, who am I? I'm just a concerned citizen who isn't as dumb as everyone thinks she is. And, and there's that, a giant applause which break. deservedly so. Yes. And in my mind, I was like, oh, frown. They're making, oh, they're making Rose smart now, which no. to me was kind of upsetting. But then she goes, they completely buy it back. She goes... Oh, this is 411? <laughs> Can you give me the number for 911? I mean, it's really uh. funny. It's like, I like how, because we all know that Rose as a character is sometimes very self-aware. And 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 she has those moments mm-hmm. of being self-aware. And I love it when that creeps through. It was, yeah. I, I, I loved that. Also, it, I imagine Rose, like, secretly reading, like, all these true crime novels mm-hmm. and, like, b- being an ID Discovery Channel watcher. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, she does that, but quietly. Yes. Yes. She's ready for the um, murderer. It like was me. a very fun scene. It was so Rose. And then I guess at some point, Chewie had quit. Um, yeah, he quit in the beginning when she's like, we cook Italian here. Got and then it. he walks out. So I also did think this was a funny moment. Sophia's in the hotel um, like lobby just kind of by herself. And you hear a voice in the back of the room go, I'm back. And Sophia goes, Dorothy? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um and he's basically begs for his job back. And she's like, you're going to have to do better than that. And he's like, I don't know how to say this, but I'm attracted to you. And she's like, you're in. <laughs> and so she's like, we'll cook a little my way, a little your way. So they're going to make like Mexican-Italian fusion food Which fine. Which sounds like a horrible idea. Those two don't mix very well. Yeah, I don't know, maybe. Can you imagine hot sauce on spaghetti? No, but I don't think Mexican cuisine is just hot sauce. Oh, good point. You know? <laughs> um... So then, so I guess that, so all of that was the culmination of these women, like, yeah. having to do a good job. And it's job. a success. It's a success, because next thing you know, Rose is sitting all alone in the dining room at yeah. night, and they're beat. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, oh, okay. Then they all you, have okay. that moment that, you could have been there all along, but they had that moment of, well, this is a new opportunity. This is something exciting. Life is a little bit more exciting yeah. now that you have a purpose. Yeah. So Blanche comes in, and again, it's like this all happened off screen. So it's like it doesn't really feel like you're paying it off. But she's like, well, we paid off the debt. Now we have a, another month, and we have enough money to pay everyone. And the travel agents are going to give us really good recommendations. It's like, oh, my oh. God. Wouldn't it have been cool if they, like, would have became, like, 
like leaders on a cruise ship or something. Like how fun would that show have been? Yeah. Like Love Boat, but with yeah. the Golden Girls. So then, um, so Blanche is like, so this means we have a new exciting life ahead of us. Ugh. And then the thing I did like was that it was like very reminiscent of them sitting around the kitchen table yeah. on the Golden Girls. Yeah. You know, it's nighttime. They're sitting around the table. And then you sort of... Now we go one by one down the line with the three women on why they think this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. And even though you're right, they're kind of forced to do it. Yeah. Well, I think would have been more impactful is like Financially, you said, they're incredibly forced to do they're it. They're incredibly forced to do it. It's like they're, you see them sort of turning and accepting it, but you're right. Like they don't really have a choice. Yeah. Whereas if they if they had been- Inherited it. Inherited it. it then they could be like, hell no, I'm not going to do this. And we're going to sell like, the house. We're going to use the money as an investment in this place. And we're going to do this. It would have made sense for them to have said, uh, you know what? We're, n- we're not going to take on this hotel or this bed and breakfast. And then, and then they, they don't want to screw over the employees. So they go, tell you what, yeah. we'll help you for the weekend. And then we are going to sell it. And you guys are going to whatever. And so they're helping out. It's just for the weekend. That's the expectation. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the weekend, that's when they're like, you know what? I want to do this full time. I and think we should And they could have had it. an emotional Dorothy moment. They could have had, instead of, I mean, yeah, they had a lot of Dorothy jokes, which were great, but they could have had a moment in the end being like, after Dorothy left, I didn't know what, was, what we were going to do. It was like part of the team broke up. But now, in some way, like, this is giving me a new purpose mm-hmm. while Dorothy's gone. And then someone could have made a, and Dorothy's as big as a hotel joke. Right. That's also something, and again, I understand that B. Arthur left in, this is just the the show that they have now, but it's um, it's so hard for me to believe that Dorothy would abandon Sophia, that she wouldn't bring Sophia to live with her and Lucas. Well, I mean, that doesn't bother me because it's a Sophia is. I mean, she's always been very independent, and B, she's with essentially Dorothy's two sisters. I, I mean, know, but I still think Dorothy would miss her too much. Like, remember when? And again, I know they had to do it because B. Arthur left the show. But remember when um, Dorothy's sister wanted to bring uh-huh. Sophia back to live with her, and like it tore Dorothy apart. And I know she's married now, but that's still like when you hear Sophia say that you know Dorothy's gone, it just doesn't sit right with me because I know deep down that Dorothy would never abandon Sophia. That's how yeah. I feel, at least. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but they do start to go down the line. Um, Rose said that she feels really good after this weekend. She always loved turning down her kids' beds. Um, you know, and she this week she turned down a lot of beds and it made her feel like she had purpose again. Um, Sophia, again, this one was kind of sad for me. She goes, I'm 87. My Dorothy's gone. My friends are dead. I haven't digested an onion in 20 years. Which is funny. You know, and she's like, I used to wake up basically like I would just wake up and I was alive and I would just go throughout the day. But she's like, now I wake up because I got to make ravioli. I'm busy. I got stuff. And I'm like, you're 87 years old. Like, I want you to to relax. Yeah, just sit down. (laughs) Read a book. Um, Read a murder she wrote book. And then the women basically toast to happiness, to life, to us. And they do a little cheers. Yeah. um, you know, Golden Palace was on CBS. Murder, She Wrote was on CBS. They could have done a crossover. Another murder mystery weekend at the oh, hotel. that would have been great. Jessica Fletcher at oh the my Golden gosh. Palace. This would, have, this would have been the end of Act One. They would have been like, there's been a murder. <gasps> Who, who's going to help us? And then Angela Lansbury comes in and goes, I think I can help. She takes off her glasses. Um, I think I could be of assistance. Oh, so good. Um, and then they do a tag uh, of the pilot, which is adorable. It's 
Um, it's they're geez, all sitting so around a table. All six of them are sitting around a table, and they're like, "So you just eat cheesecake?" Um, and they're but and you share all your problems. Yep. And then they're like, "Rose, tell Saint Olaf stories," and they're like, "Tell us." And Sophia's like, "Ah, uh, your rookies." Yeah. So on the Golden Girls, when the four women, again, this is what you have to do because you have a multicam set where there's no wall on the other side. That's where the cameras go. So when the four women would sit around one small circular table, it would look weird. Seeing six people too much. sit on one it's side like the episode of a where small Michael round got married table. and the three women, there were like nine women in the kitchen sitting around a table. It just I mean, looks, it's just it looks too, so awkward. It looks like a TED talk. Yeah, like just let some people stand. Just let some people Put not be in, in the scene. They don't need to be there. Um, just have the little boy. You know what would have been cute? If they just had the boy at the table. Just have the little boy at the table, and it's the three women and the little boy, and and they're saying this, and then they leave, and it's Rose and the little boy at the table. That would have been funny, because then he's trapped. Yeah. I also have a feeling, I bet you, this original pilot, sometimes what'll happen, especially for a pilot, is you'll shoot a lot of stuff, and Mm -hmm. then you'll end up having to edit a lot of stuff out. And I have a feeling that they probably shot more with him. Yeah. And they probably cut it out. I bet they shot more of like the girls scrambling to try to make stuff happen, but they just didn't have the time for it and they had to cut it out. Um, It's just, yeah, it's unfortunate. I think... They, the show just spent so much time explaining business. And yeah. then, and again, as funny as the robbery scene was, that scene had nothing to do with the problem nothing. that was at hand in the episode. Nothing. Had nothing to do with the problem. It also, at like, hand. I think because the pilot didn't hinge on them getting picked up for our next episode or for a full season or anything, the energy was off. Like, pilots for me, even though oftentimes they're like the not great episode because the they're story, very hard yeah they're, they're hard. very hard yeah but like there is an energy to a pilot because everything is being introduced and it's moving fast and you're trying to figure out what's going with next and who's with who and all these things and that felt off in this because they didn't need the energy they knew that they had the full season they knew they had this story they had mm-hmm. these characters it just it felt lazy to me yeah yeah Oh, this feels so good to do. It's our golden takeaway. We haven't done a real golden takeaway for an episode in so long. So if you are unfamiliar, which if you're here and you're unfamiliar with the golden takeaway, well, welcome, of course, but also you have a lot of episodes to catch up on. Um, But a golden takeaway is a nugget of truth or inspiration that can apply to you or maybe something from this episode. So Carrie, what is your golden takeaway for the pilot episode of The Golden Palace? My golden takeaway is I'm going to double down on something I said back in April of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about like, we're like, oh, we're our, our thoughts and feelings and opinions are up to date now. I truly believe that a wonderful spinoff, maybe even after the Golden Palace, would have been to give Betty White her own show yes. called Back in St. Olaf. And you join Rose as she returns home Mm -hmm. to like run the Lindstrom's farm. Yes. And you meet all of the crazy characters. It would have been like Newhart, but with Betty White. It would have been that exact situation. That's what I want is I want a show that takes place in St. Olaf. I want, 
I want all of the characters. I want all of the wackiness. Mm -hmm. And I know that it it's obviously that boat has sailed. That ship has sailed. Yeah. That yacht has sailed. They've all that sailed. That would have been a great, because I mean, for anyone who isn't familiar with Newhart, it was sort of Bob Newhart's, it was a show that he did in like the 80s and I guess early 90s too. It was around the same time as the Golden Girls. And he played this weird, I think, hotel. It was a hotel even, like a hotel manager or a lodge manager or something. And it was just all these weird characters, even Wings. It would be like Wings in a lot of ways where you have this character that we all know and love that has to deal with all the weirdos that are just as weird as she is. It just, it would have been so much fun. I would have loved to have seen that show. Rose would have been the straight man on yeah. that show, which, which is, is wild to think wild. of. Wild. Insane. It would have been like that one moment in the pilot episode where she does the call to 911 and you think like, oh, wow, we're going to see a different side of Rose in the Golden Palace. And then it quickly shifts and it's like, oh, this is 411. Like, it's, Do you have the number to 911? Yeah, oh, it's, it's I mean, so it's amazing. like, it's such a perfect little line. Um, So my golden takeaway from this episode I was going to be like, oh, it's just so great to be back recording with you. And that's my golden takeaway is how like happy and feely I feel, which I feel all of those things. But I'm going to be real shallow in my golden takeaway and say, Blanche has never looked better. I mean, Rue McClanahan for the Golden Palace, 1992 to 1993, the early 90s was the, the, the years of Rue McClanahan's dominance in beauty. She is perfect. The hair is perfect. The body is perfect. The style is perfect. Rue McClanahan can do no wrong. If you'd like to see Rue McClanahan in real life, you can just look to Sadie Pines because that is exactly who I'm like channeling 24-7. Rue McClanahan is everything. You know, you were saying Rue McClanahan and how good she looked and all I could think of was stunning. And yeah. then as soon as you say Sadie Pines, the first word that always comes to exactly. my mind is stunning. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God, Rue McClanahan. So yeah. That was the episode. How fun was that? It was it was fun. It was fun to 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 take that trip down memory lane. Now, I am excited, though, for next week for well, no, this week, because we're releasing them both at the same time. So like you guys are getting a double dose today on the next episode for us to do a brand new recap of episode two of the Golden Palace. Oh, my God, it's gonna be so much fun. Yes. Um, so the next episode that we will be watching is um, season one, episode two, promotional considerations. <laughs> yes. So, so much fun. So, guys, you can follow me. I'm H. Allen Scott on everything and Sadie Pines on everything. And I am uh, Squidzy <laughs> on Instagram and Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And I still do on Twitter and I still do not do TikTok. (laughs) And if you would like to follow the podcast, you can, of course, go to outonthelanai.com. But you can also check us out on all the social media, Out on the Lanai Official on Instagram, Golden Girls Pod on Twitter and Golden Girls Podcast on Facebook. I have a TikTok, but like we don't have a Golden Girls TikTok yet. We might, though. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. But until then, until we get that TikTok, guys, remember... As always, stay golden. Cue the music, maestro.